Okay, good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. Um, this morning, uh, as you can see, we are without our PowerPoint again, and that's okay. Just be kind of prepared to uh, take notes. We're going to continue on in our um, series where we're just looking at these nine principles, but we want to make them personal to us. Uh, they're great as they are the guidelines by which our church operates, but I would also say that these are things that you absolutely need to have in your own life. And so what we're talking about today is the word of God as your final authority. We understand that that's how we're going to operate here at MBT. But what about in your own personal life? I want to read a quote from a poet, Anne Bradstreet, who was a Puritan woman during the, the uh, 1600s that was in England, eventually left England to, for America. Her uh, writings were published uh, by her brother who took her writings back to England. And so I think there was probably a time period where people didn't really um, know who she was. Uh, she was a, a, a wife, a mother, and, and so she eventually did some other some other works towards the end of her life that are actually more celebrated um, since, you know, in the 20th century. But listen to what she says about authority. Authority without wisdom is like an ax without an edge, uh, fitter to bruise than to polish. And so it was interesting just looking at how people look at authority. Um, authority of any kind is difficult for us, and more and more we are starting to lose our trust in most forms of authority that give us structure. Uh, one thing that will, will kind of be interesting to you, when I was looking, doing my research here, um, was a report, let me read this to you, I would have shown it to you. <laughs> it says, um, Public trust in government remains low, as it is for much of the 21st century. Only two in 10 Americans say that they trust in government in Washington to do what it is, it is right just about always or most of the time. Trust in the government has declined somewhat since last year when 24% said they could trust the government at least most of the time. And so this chart that I'm looking at is like from 1960, we've been on a steady decline of trust in our government. Okay. Well, why do I mention that? Because as an authority setup, the one thing is we're losing trust in government. Uh, Pew Research, I was looking at numbers where do we trust in banks? That's on the decline. Do we trust in a lot of institutions, the church? That's like half what it was when they did the research in the 60s to where it is now. It's like half of the people say that they trust in the church. And so there's this thing that's kind of being built up into us where anarchy and anti-establishment is kind of the order of the day. And my concern for the believer is, is that we bring a little bit into that, that thinking into how we see God's word. It is absolutely an instruction tool for us. It's a guide, it's a love letter, it's a Jewish book, it's all of these many things. But the one thing is for the believer, is it the absolute final authority in your life? Is it the thing that you're going to go to when you have trouble? And so one of the things in discipleship is, you know, you're looking at the fact that the word of God is infallible. 
And how you need to kind of just frame your mind with that is, I don't need to question its validity, but I need to bring every question I have to it. You see, that's, it's different. I'm not questioning whether or not it's right, but I have questions in life. How am I supposed to be as a husband? How am I supposed to be as a father or, or, or a worker? Or what am I supposed to do with my money? What am I supposed to do with my friends and family? All of those things, the Word of God has all those answers. And what I often see people do instead is just they're making it up as they go along. So why do that? So this morning is about building a case for the word to be our final authority. And so why trust it? If you have your Bible, turn to John 1, 1 through 5. You know what it says. Why trust it? Why trust the word of God? You know, Sam beautifully laid out, and he's, remember, he said just for the time constraint he was under, which would be good for you to go back and look at that, that um, particular flyer that has the Alexandria and Antioch chart is something that we've circulated, you know, many times over. And he's talking about it in, real, in relationship to truth and it being absolute truth. And I'm going to use a different approach, is uh, it predates everything. Sorry, will you bring my, my glasses in there? This fuzzy wuzzy was a bear today. <laughs> I bet not. Uh, look in that one pouch, babe. Um, no, not that one. The big, the big flap that's open where my uh, stocking cap is and stuff like that. Aha, I am smart, because <laughs> most times I'm not. All right, yes. Okay, now I can read it. <laughs> um, okay, it predates everything. John 1, 1 through 5 says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. See, the thing that you have to understand about this is not only is the word of God ancient, but it is the foundation and structure for everything we know and for the things we don't yet know. Explain to me gravity. You can give me numbers. We know how much it weighs, but you can't explain it. <laughs> you know it's there. There's something just very simple and poignant about the fact that it, the word of God is holding all of this together. Everything. You would cease to exist if the Lord just said, stop. Psalms 33, 6 says, so write this down. I'll say them slower just so you get them. You can kind of follow along. Psalms 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. See, this is why, when, you know, just looking at this, believer, I understand that you have some distrust of these institutions that are maybe on some level have let you down. But the fact that you take a breath every day, the fact that gravity hasn't changed, the fact that you see the beauty of, of the natural wonders 
of the earth or man like a couple of you we've talked about just when you stand at the foot of mountains and you feel so small and how majestic they are right and how deep the ocean is and Lord is like yeah I put that there it's my word that keeps that there Colossians 1 16 and 17 says for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist this leads us to our first key point I can make God's word my authority because without it nothing would exist I can make God's word my authority because without it nothing would exist So you, you need to understand something. God has proven the power and detail of his word by the world we live in. I mean, it's very detailed. One of the things that's kind of interesting is just, you know, as we're dealing with this leg situation I have and my chiropractor was just talking about how amazing the body is and what things, you know, when you have trouble over here and what, how it affects this and all these things are all connected together. And, and she's not a believer actually pretty uh, concrete in her not being a believer, pretty proud of it as well. And yet she gives glory to the, the natural, these wonders that the body has, this great machine. She even said it, this great machine that we have. See, God didn't just intend to show us his power in creation, but he also desires his word to be the foundation for our lives. See, the one thing is you could just from the sheer gravity of of looking at the Lord's word in, in this kind of grandiose scale is that it won't have an impact for you daily. But that's absolutely not God's intention with that. He has the power both to form the, the galaxy and the world we live in and all the things that we get to enjoy with oxygen and all of that. But then also to tailor it down to something that will benefit you. And this is the part that we kind of lose sight of. Man, we're all gracious for when we go on vacation. You know, you're either a beach person or a mountain person, right? Or maybe you can sometimes be both. And you're like, oh, this is great, and I love the wonder of that. But man, what about the wonder just simply of his word and how he guides and leads us? Turn with me to Psalm 19. Notice what God says about his word concerning us. In Psalm 19, verse 7 through 11, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. 
Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Man, I, you know, when I was looking at this, and just when it says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, and obviously, if you do a scripture reference on that, you're going to find that it's good for, in two ways. One, for righteous living, but then obviously, the on-the-nose thing is for salvation, right? Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. One of the things that we've talked about, just simply in this natural world that we, that we have and, and seeing the sun come up and the moon come up and we've, we've watched that so much. Those things are sure. Those are guarantees until the Lord says they're not. The statutes of the Lord are right. See, the one thing that I, you know, just in terms of, of hoping that you change your view of the word is that you would Set aside what it is that you think or feel about the situation and actually use the word of God that's there. It's there for a reason. God wrote it for your benefit. And so this leads me to our second key point. I can make God's word my authority because without it, my life would resist his goodness. I can make God's word my authority because without it, my life will resist his goodness. You know, just think about it in reverse. If the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, if I don't receive that, what happens to my soul? Spend eternity separated from him, right? And then while I'm on earth, my life is a mess. Where do I turn? If I leave his word and I just set it aside, it, it doubly is bad for me. And so for the believer to, that has at least gotten the soul aspect resolved, now if I betray his word and I leave it behind, what does my life turn into? It's a, it becomes a chaotic mess. If that's not the thing by which I'm going to govern my life and see, okay, how is it I should handle these situations or look at this thing or be comforted in this matter, man, you're, you're basically like playing dice with, with your life. Why do that? Man, uh, today's world and the things that we heard of individuals passing or just the difficulty that, you know, we're dealing with still and just try, people being challenged with, you know, challenging marriages or challenging, you know, children or whatnot. And when it says the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. Don't you need that this morning? Don't you need the promise of your heart being rejoiced because of God's word? Man, the commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens your eyes. Perhaps it is that you didn't know what was next. Well, man, God's word will tell you the answer. It's a simple truth, but it's often something that we kind of just are nonchalant about. And I want that to change for you. 
I want that to change in all of us as faith fellowship grows and whatever it is that God has for us that we would just consider. Man, I, your word is absolute. I need it. I need it. Right? Not, not that I have it. It's close by. It's accessible. No, I need it. See, it's critical for us to receive what he has to offer. Our lives depend on it both presently and eternally. This is why I can't depart from it. If I have, if I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the thing is, he's written something to me in order for that to just basically be how the rest of my life goes. I'm going to follow what my father says. That has eternal present value and eternal value. So be warned. You need the protection that only the word can provide. In Proverbs 6, 22 and 23. That's Proverbs 6, 22 and 23. It says, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Consider that for a moment. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. It's never by happenstance that you end up in the places that you end up. And one of the things that you very much want to start doing is allowing the Holy Spirit to lead your day. This is why there's been such a focus, if you've noticed, of, of late a lot about your devotional time and starting the day that way. Why? Because, well, you want to say, okay, Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me. Yes, you have to go to work or you may have to go to school, but there's going to be interactions and conversations and things that you're going to do that you want truth from the word to be fresh on your lips. So that way you know how to handle them. How are you going to deal with these situations, right? Now, I love this. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. Well, you think about all the protection that goes into when you lay your head down. And you get that protection in part because the word of God is there. And let, yes, things happen. And if the Lord calls you home, the Lord calls you home. He's the one. Remember, we've already said this with Paul. We talked about that. The Lord is the architect of your timeline, right? So there's no avoiding that. Whenever that time is up, the Lord says, hey, come home. Then that's the case. That's what's going to be. And we, and we will grieve or mourn and, and whatever we'll do during that time period. But that's, that's how that works. But ultimately, if you are to get up, with opportunity again to serve the Lord. Man, that's a, that's a point of, of thankfulness. It should create within you thankfulness. Lord, thank you for waking me up again. I have another opportunity to serve you. I love that it says, it shall talk with thee when thou awakest. Man, I, you know, I like bringing up those times when you can think about your... Uh, you know, you're in a conversation and it is tracking a particular way and you're like, uh oh, wait a minute, do I have an opportunity for the gospel or to encourage somebody? And man, the Holy Spirit starts firing these verses up to your head and you're like, 
it was, it's like out of nowhere. <laughs> and, and it may be, you know, if you're not as great as memorization, you might have, okay, let me boo that. What is the word in that word? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you get the word, boom, it triggers. It gets you going, right? Man, it's talking to you. Why? Because it's telling you, hey, say this. Do that. Man, for the commandment is a lamp. The law is light. The reproofs of instruction are the way of life. See, the Bible also has something to say about those who rely on their own wisdom. Very simply, in Ecclesiastes 10.3. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to everyone that he is a fool. This leads me to our next key point. I can make God's word my authority because without it, my life will reveal my wisdom. So you don't have to, you don't have to uh, fool me with your you know, Christian bumper stickers and T-shirts. <laughs> we can see it. <laughs> you know? it, is, it is out there for the world to see. If, if the word of God is the thing that guides your choices and your decisions, it will clearly be known. I can. Thank you for saying that. Other people want the same thing. Um, I can make God's word my authority because without it, my life will reveal my wisdom. Wisdom, not Whistler. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. So the question is this, is the word of God your final authority then? And in conclusion, with this thought, I want us to break up it in groups so that way we can maybe hash some things out, find some wisdom for daily living. God's word is the architect for creation all the way to righteousness and daily living. Now, prayerfully, you can see why it is the best interest of this body, faith fellowship, to make the word our personal authority. And so perhaps you are wondering, well, how can I go about doing that right now? OK, well, the first thing is I'm looking. If anybody in here doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the first thing would be just to get saved. Because that would be receiving this free gift of how it is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And his blood was shed and covers your sins. And you have simply but to ask for forgiveness of those sins and ask him to be Lord of your life. And he will grant you access and salvation. The next thing is be a part of one of our Bible studies. You probably could have figured that out. I was going to say that. <laughs> I say it so much. But listen, it's true. Because in our Bible studies, this is what our, our, we're setting out to do. We're all, all the Bible studies and faith fellowship are on the same book. And when we get in our, in, in our Bible studies, we, we break it open and we're looking for key themes. We're looking for words that repeat. We want to get what is it that God is saying to us from his word, right? But then also we're looking for personal application. Because who cares what great depth of truth you figured out if it doesn't help you to live day to day, right? So this isn't about you showing how much you know. 
It's actually about saying, okay, I can see God's word is clearly giving me some wisdom that I can apply to my life right now. And so oftentimes within our Bible studies, the conversation is, is man, how are you going to take this home with you? What are you going to do with this? Because you all got stuff. You all got situations that absolutely need the wisdom of the word of God to be applied. The next way, obviously, you could do that would be for discipleship. James, are they calling that Foundations 1? Okay, so Foundations 1, for those of us, the transfer, KCBT, <laughs> MBT crowd, is directions, discipleship, okay? I saw Foundations 1, but then Foundations 2 and 3. Okay, so remember we talked a couple weeks ago about discipleship and what your, what your part in, in that is. Man, it is my heart that every one of you, one, go through Foundations 1 slash IE discipleship, but then also that we turn it over into Foundations 2 and 3. Now, not by force, but that you understand that now you can invest the Word of God into somebody else. So we could do that in a real comfortable way um, if Serene and Rosie, if Serene was, you know, discipling Rosie, and then Rosie finishes then what will happen when, when string is paired up again, Rosie is going to apprentice with her. We could set that up like that. That way she has a safe, comfortable way to start being there and learning how to teach the lesson. Maybe some responsibilities are given to Rosie as a result of that. And then Rosie is free to now disciple her own and then take her disciple through and then apprentice with that disciple. And then you see we just have this multiplication take place. And then, of course, the last thing is LFI, which is really where now you get the depth and the, and the detail of what is your, your Bible say from Genesis to Revelation. And so those are some ways that, that we could apply that now. But what I want you to do now with the time we have, and li listen, let me tell you, we're going to have to make an adjustment for our time. So... I, you guys love talking to each other, and I love it, okay? And I hate to break it up. But the one thing that we can't do is have another class waiting out in the hallway while we're doing that, okay? So there's, there's two things I need you to do, okay? When somebody, you gotta, if y'all have watches or phones, okay? We need to be done and probably out of this room by 1020, okay? Because it's, it's tough. If it's rainy, it's nasty out there. If not, they're going to be out there hanging out, and then they'll be talking maybe. And, you know, okay, so that's just, you're not in trouble. I'm not mad. <laughs> okay, I love you, but, you know, stop talking. Get out of here at 1020. <laughs> okay, the other thing I wanted to tell you just about that is we are going to move. I'm not sure. I heard two weeks. I don't know what it is. But next just week. next week. Okay, see? <laughs> so... Next week, we'll be over there. Class will be on that side from here on until it's not, okay? <laughs> Which is how it works, right? <laughs> okay, listen. So with that in mind, now, what I want you to do is, is get in groups. Let's hash this out. There are some topics that I want each group, okay, to be looking for. What does the word of God say about, write these down, Marriage, children, money, 
relationships. Now, what can we learn about these topics from God's word? We know it's not exhaustive, but perhaps this starts you to just looking at, okay, I need God's truth concerning these matters. 